Hello and welcome to the Beyond Your Research Degree podcast by the University of Exeter Doctoral College. Hello and welcome to Beyond Your Research Degree. It's Kelly Priest here and I'm really excited to be bringing you the second in a, um, a special series that we're doing for Beyond Your Research Degree about securing jobs during COVID-19. So last time I talked to Tumar about get, securing a job with an NGO and today I'm going to be talking to Charlotte Chivers in a very similar position to Tumor, writing up her PhD and starting a new job, but this time as a postdoctoral research associate. So we normally on Beyond Your Research degree focus on non-academic careers, but given the real challenges that our PGRs are facing at the moment, it seemed really pertinent to talk about securing academic um, research jobs as well. Yeah, hi, so I'm Charlotte Chippers um, and I have been doing my PhD at the University of Exeter um, since 2017. Um, my research is within the Centre for Rural Policy Research, um, so it's a social science PhD, um, and I have been exploring the efficacy of agricultural advice surrounding diffuse water pollution. Um, so I have now finished a draft of my entire thesis, and um, congratulations. <laughs> Um, and I'm making revisions based on my supervisor's comments at this stage. Um, however, back in September, I started a research position at the University of Gloucestershire. Um, so I now work in the Countryside and Community Research Institute. Um, so I've been juggling working full time um, and finishing off my PhD. Um, and again, I'm working in social science but mostly looking at environmental stuff so I now work on two big EU projects um, one is called soil care um, which looks at soil health in agriculture and the other is called sprint and we are looking at pesticides in agriculture. That's brilliant thank you so there's a number of lots of different things to pick up yes. on within that but I think sort of firstly so if we can go back to September last year so is it September you started the job? Yes, I started in September. So when when did you when did you apply? What were the sort of timescales? So I applied in June last year. Okay. Yeah. So, so I wasn't sorry. No, I was just gonna say, so this is so all of the application process, everything, it's all happened during during COVID. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I Let's start at the beginning of that process then and thinking about how it might have been affected by COVID. So how, first of all, how did you, how did you find this role? So I had sort of had my eye on the centre that I now work for, for the last couple of years. Um, I recognised that it would potentially be a good fit for me. So I kept an eye on their website. Um, I attended um, one of their events. So they have an annual winter school, which meant that I had the opportunity to meet some of the academics working there. Um, and from then on in, I kind of just kept my eye out for jobs. And although it was quite early for me to apply for a job because I still had you know my PhD ongoing um, I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss out on an opportunity as obviously you know academia is competitive so I had to kind of go for it when when a job came along um, so yeah absolutely and I think 
you know, it is that when you're when you're targeting particular departments or organizations, if you're thinking outside academia, that are a really good fit for your passion, but and also your kind of knowledge and skills, it, it is sometimes having to kind of make that compromise of going, okay, it's not the ideal time, but is this opportunity likely to come up in six months when it is the ideal time? Can you talk a little bit about the application process particularly thinking about what might have been different about it because of the you know the all of the restrictions um that we've had in the UK for the past year or so yeah so in terms of actually applying for the job it was it was the same essentially because you know I had to submit an application form and a CV online um so that was quite normal actually um but for the stage where it it was quite different is that my interview had to be held um, online um, with a panel of three professors, um, which was quite interesting. You know, I had to get myself into the mindset of an interview, even though I was sat in my apartment. Um, So to do that, I just made sure that I got dressed up as if I was going to an interview. um, And I just tried to get myself into that mindset. But that it was quite strange having a a sort of online interview. Um, But luckily, the panellists were were lovely, really supportive. So, you know, I, I felt relatively at ease, despite it being an online interview. Yeah, and I think you've you've picked up on a couple of really important things there about actually kind of that sense of mindset of how do you put yourself in the frame of mind of performing because that's essentially what it, an interview is, isn't it? You know, yes. when it comes down to it, you're you're kind of performing for the interview panel, and how do you do that when you're kind of in your <laughs> in your everyday environment? So I think that thing you said about you know getting dressed up and doing all of those things like you would do for an interview normally is really important were there any kind of any market markedly different things for having the interview online from when you've had interviews face to face was there anything kind of I don't know different or challenging about doing it that way yeah definitely so um the thing is is because there were four of us on the call and you have a lag often when you're online it was incredibly difficult to not interrupt each other. And, and being in an interview, you obviously don't want to interrupt people. You want to make sure that you, you know, wait your turn and, and speak when you've been asked a question. But there were a couple of times where it's quite difficult to know when to talk and when to get a word in. So that's something that was a bit challenging. But again, I think that everyone is aware of this. Um, so I didn't, I didn't see it as a major issue because I assumed that everyone is facing the same sort of challenge there. So it was kind of, it was kind of okay. Yeah. And did, were there any kind of thing, any positives, any things that you felt were kind of easier or, or, or nicer or more relaxed because of the online format? Yeah, I mean, I personally do prefer in-person meetings because you can build that rapport a bit easier. You can make proper eye contact, but not having to travel was quite nice. (laughs) Um, I didn't have to worry about being late um, unless the internet had died. But, you know, in general, our internet is really strong. So I could just kind of get up in the morning and not think, oh, my gosh, I need to make sure the train isn't late. Or, you know, so it was was quite nice, actually, not having to worry about about that. Um, So... Yeah, I'd say that was a benefit. But other than that, I'd say I didn't find it dramatically different. You know, it, it was 
interviews are always scary <laughs> so yes. you know I think I think either way it's not it's not the easiest of things to go through but you know I think um having a nice panel really helped and um you know I think just making sure your internet is working and stuff is, is really important too but yeah I wouldn't say there were any massive positives or or necessarily any massive negatives either it was kind of um yeah it was it was different but it was but it was fine um so can we talk a little bit more about what was involved as part of the application program um as part of the application process so you said that you did an online application form and a cv were there particular things like required as part of the application form did you have to do like a personal statement against a job specification answer questions upload documents anything like that yeah so um i believe i had to fill in in the application form i had to refer to how i met the sort of essential and desirable criteria um, and as a rule of thumb what i always do is i actually copy across all of the headings from the job description and i specifically answer each one so you know and, and that's always worked quite well for me because it means that the you know person reading your application can literally see straight away okay they've actually tried to answer every single one of these essential and desirable criteria um so i remember specifically doing that but i don't think it it had off the top of my head i can't remember it having any really sort of specific things that were out of the ordinary it was kind of just a an application form and yeah your, your cv which i obviously tailored for for jobs so i made sure yeah. that i prioritized certain things and put things at the top that you know were really important so you know my publication record and, and my previous work experience were, were important for this particular position so you know i just made sure that it, it was really I, I make it as easy as possible for the person reading your application to see you know the key things that they need to know about you um rather than having it hidden or or further down the page um yeah yeah i think that's um, a couple of things that you said in there just really useful kind of simple tools like copying across the headings of the person specification mm. um mm -hmm. i do that and i don't necessarily use them as headings but i make sure that like with the example when i'm giving the examples i have the exact language from the person yes. specification, just so that yeah. it like you're having all the signals or making it really really clear um yeah so with the interview was there any preparation you had to do for the interview did you have to do a task or anything like that no i didn't i don't okay. think but i did send across some material in advance just off my own back okay so i I basically just really wanted this job so I, I probably came across as extremely keen <laughs> but I think that's fine so I, I essentially sent across um, some examples of my work um, just to help bolster my application so part of the role was um, so I work on a dissemination work package for one of the projects so you know I don't just do research I have to help with dissemination and communication so I sent across a couple of examples of infographics that I've made and uh, I think I sent them a podcast and things like that just to show that even though I'm mostly trained in research I am capable of doing the dissemination side as well because you know it was quite hard to articulate that without providing evidence so I made sure to send that but it wasn't a prerequisite they didn't ask for it but I just felt that it would help them to see that you know I'm not just saying I can do it I Absolutely. have 
shown them <laughs> yeah absolutely and I think you know as part of the whole job application process that sense of being being proactive is so crucial yeah to the whole process um do you remember what kind of questions they asked you in the interview oh my gosh yeah so <laughs> one of one of the questions they asked was actually where I'd like my career to go um which oh, wow. you know yeah so and I was quite sort of um I was like well I could just say oh I just desperately want this job forever to try and you know persuade them to give it to me but I I decided to be honest and actually that really paid off so I said you know within a few years I'd like to be a research fellow um and when I got offered the job they said that that actually really helped me get the job because they want people to to progress and they like ambition so um yeah so I remember they asked me that uh what else um, oh, they asked, they asked questions about uh, my research interests. So again, you know, I don't want to end up doing research I'm not passionate about. So I was completely honest there. You know, I explained that I'm very interested in farm advice and soil health and the environment. Um, and again, you know, it, it, it was just lucky that the job I was applying for, you know, <laughs> happened to be really aligned with my research interests. Um, they also asked me to talk about, um, so this is a really common in interview question. I think I've had it in every interview I've ever done. They ask what your sort of weakness is. Um, and okay. I always, yeah, and I always tackle that by giving an example of a weakness I maybe used to have. And then I explain how I resolved it or how I um, you know, managed yeah. to kind of overcome it or how I'm working to do so. So that I don't just say, oh, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> and then that's, it I make sure to say you know I used yeah. to really struggle with with you know time management for example but since then I've decided to have you know to make more lists and to, to you know use my calendar more you know just as an example um so that's that's something that I think I've been asked in every interview I've ever had um yeah I wondered so you said that you you're working on you've completed a full full thesis draft and you're working on feedback from your supervisors is that right Yes, that's correct. So you started this job in September. Mm -hmm. We're listening, we're now currently in February. So we're October, November, December, January, February. We're five months in. So yeah. five months you've been working full time and finishing the write up of your thesis. So are you, like, are you technically still registered full time for your, for your, for your um, PhD? No, no. So I'm in continuation status. Ah, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so my, my funding finished in, in September um, and then I started my job in September, which That's was quite good. nice. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I couldn't have afforded to have a, a gap in, in, you know, financially, it's, it's very difficult to, to have a gap. So I kind of did need to start. Um, but equally, you know, due to various reasons, you know, COVID pandemic and things, I hadn't quite finished a PhD. Um, so yeah I just I just had to go for it really and uh sort of just make sure that I work on the thesis as much as I can um so what I did once I'd settled into the CCRI which is where I work now I um took a week of annual leave um and just sort of really worked on the thesis because I find it hard to I can do some work in the evenings on the on the thesis, but I think it's hard to get into that headspace when you've been working on other research all day. So I decided to use the manual leave up to sort of get the bits of my thesis finished that I needed to. Um, and then it's been quite nice because I, I actually handed in my, my draft to my supervisors um, 
in November and then it took three months to get my supervisor comments back in full um so I, I essentially just had three months to just work on my job and um and other bits too because I, I seem to just always have several other bits going on with work but um yeah so I've only just got it back a couple of weeks ago so I I'm now now hatched a plan I have now had my full draft back with supervisors comments throughout and I've hatched a very strict plan to make sure that I do submit <laughs> and that I you know have time to sort of make sure I answer all of their comments and proofread and do any final bits so you know my goal now is to submit um, at the end of March um, and again I've had to take another week of annual leave so next week I am I've completely taken myself away from CCRI work so that I can just focus on the thesis because, you know, I, I do need to be able to get into that headspace again. Um, and, you know, I am working a lot of evenings and I worked yesterday on it, but I think it's much easier to do it when you have a proper chunk of time to, to just focus on your PhD. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is how, what's your plan and kind of managing your time. And I know I've spoken mm. to quite a few people who not necessarily who've kind of started a job early you know before they finish their PhD but people who've mm. been working full-time throughout and they've said that you know particularly in the write-up stage that's been the way that they've managed it the best is to kind of take a big chunk of time and work exclusively on it rather than try and just do it all in evenings and weekends. Yeah, absolutely and you know working full-time I simply don't have the time or energy and I really don't want to burn out. So although I work a lot of evenings, um, I can't work every evening. It's just not sustainable. And, and you know, my new job, I, I love it, but it does require me to work quite long hours. So I often actually work in the evenings on my CCRI work. So by the time I can get to a PhD, it's sort of, well, you know, it's quite late at, at night. So I do think that, yeah, blocking out time is, is the best way forward, really. Um, yeah. <laughs> um what was it like starting a job in a new academic department during covid so um it was bizarre um to say the least because i couldn't meet anyone in person for ages um i have now met a few people in person so we had a couple of months where I don't know they had all these weird tears and people were starting to go in again and so I went into the office a couple of times and met people but aside from that I've, I've essentially done the job for for almost six months just yeah working from home which has been odd but luckily the centre I work with are, are really really lovely so they have made a real effort with me so they have like a morning coffee break um twice a week just for and you can just join as you'd like and it means you get to just have a chat with people um I've had them you know send lots of emails we even had a whatsapp group where we all sort of set running goals and things so you know it's really helped me build some rapport there um and I'm also incredibly lucky that I had already met a few of them um you know in the past so I sort of had a little bit of, of rapport with them already um but you know I have other friends who've started in in jobs um so my friend Beth she's in the same situation as me um, and she hasn't been able to meet anyone um, and I think I think it is difficult but you have to just almost make that effort to just like have a bit of you know like the talk that you'd have over a coffee 
when you're in the office you almost have to try and do that in meetings a little bit um people are obviously really fatigued from zoom but we often have a little bit of small talk before we get into the nitty-gritty of the research just to help us to you know feel connected um so yeah but I'd say my experience has been amazing like I'm incredibly lucky with the with the center that I've I've ended up in it's really nice (laughs) yeah and I think the things that you're saying I mean because we've been I mean, apart from all of the different things with the different tiers, we've generally been in in this situation for so long mm. that actually organisations and are um, and you know employees within it are getting much better at kind of creating those opportunities for that more informal but community building. I think that's what I mean. Those kind of opportunities for people to talk and chat in in a way that's not about work. To sort of finish up, what advice? would you give to someone who's looking at applying for kind of postdoc sort of research jobs at the moment during the pandemic is there anything that you kind of wish somebody had told you or anything you've learned from the process that you think yeah people need to know this yeah so I'd say just um when you're applying just try to stay optimistic um I know it can be really difficult especially if you uh have you know some unsuccessful applications go through it it can be quite demeaning but just keep your chin up just keep going and almost just have confidence in yourself and your skills that you've developed in your phd um i'd say also make sure that you show other people your applications and cvs so even if it's you know peers or or anyone who could maybe take a look at it you know through a different lens and say oh actually this skill here is really useful for this criteria they're looking for why haven't you suggested that so you know i think it's really important to keep talking um equally if you're starting to feel you know down that you haven't got a position yet just just keep talking to people um and in the meantime just keep developing um developing yourself so if there's things you could do that would bolster your application for example you know completing your HEA application or you know making a podcast or or whatever it is that might help you to get that job um I would I would just you know keep keep trying to do that Um, and Okay, so if you if you get to interview stage, um, I would say just be prepared, you know, have notes by the side of you, maybe have a mock interview. So I always ask my partner to um, go through some potential questions and he he's not in academia. He's got you know, he, he wouldn't really have a clue what I'm going to be asked but he knows that I'll be asked about my weaknesses and other things like that so whoever it is you're living with if you're living with anyone or or have a zoom call and just get people to help you you know practice for an interview because it may be that if you've done a PhD you may not have been interviewed in three four years um (laughs) so it's almost like a completely new thing to go through again so I think just making sure that you're really prepared for that um, I always find reading blogs useful on, you know, how to respond to certain questions um, and just, you know, make sure you know the job description as well as you possibly can. Um, have your CV and stuff open during your interview so that you can have a look. Um, I'd recommend printouts, though, because you don't want to be seen to be clicking about when you're in your Zoom call because it looks unprofessional. Um, I'd say like clicking about. I, I wouldn't do it personally. I just have notes by the side of me so that I can refer to those if needed. Um, and aside from that, I mean, yeah, my main tip is just to stay as optimistic as you can um, and to look after yourself while you're applying for jobs. 
Thanks so much to Charlotte for sharing her experience with me. I think it's really helpful to know that actually a lot of these processes are still the same and those opportunities are still out there, even during COVID-19. And that's it for this episode. Join us next time when we'll be talking to another researcher about their career beyond their research degree.